you know, Doc, I woke up yesterday morning and I reached for her. She wasn't there. I know she's not coming back. It's okay, Vance. You gotta, gotta let her go. Old uh, SP seemed like wasn't that long ago we were in the yard together. I was on the bar side listening to the doors and all I could think about was that cold still frame with a little bit of overspray on her dragging my dingy fingers across her ribs. Did you get her number though? Maybe you can find her. No. I blasted right over the numbers. Vance, just tell me one thing. Did you rock her little box, though? I covered the black box, too. God damn it. Did you at least wear protection? I had latex gloves on. Shit. Maybe she's online and we can find her. It's like every girl I've ever hit, she ends up in an old rusty box in a scrapyard somewhere. What? Come on, Vance. You talking about a boxcar here or Stephanie? I'm confused here. Dude, I'm talking about that SP double door end to end. I never got a day flick. God damn it. You've hit hundreds of those. Snap out of it, man. You're worried about the one that got away. Come on. I guess you're you're right. There's other cars. You can't stay on the same page, Vance. You know, there comes a day when, when turning the page is the best decision for you. Because you realize there's so much more to the book than the page you were stuck on. It's gonna be alright. I guess so. Deja, bring some music in. Coming to you live from Studio 144. Welcome back to Crime Time. Just so you've been forewarned, Crime Time may be addictive. It is not to be sold to minors. If it comes in contact with your eyes or skin, please wash immediately and seek a physician. Anything that is habit-forming may be hazardous to you or others. All characters depicted here are fictional, created to amuse you and your mother. Yes, your mother. All copyright laws apply. Don't beg, borrow, or steal. Come on, Vance, hurry up, man. We gotta get in this meeting. We're gonna be late. Let me just finish one more last cig real quick. It's your fifth cigarette, man. Come on. Dude, I hate these things, man. I hate being around other addicts. It messes with me, man. I can't stand it. I think it's gonna help us, man. I'm serious. You really actually think this is gonna help us? I think it's gonna help us, man. I know it's gonna help me. I know I have a problem. And that's half the battle right there, is admitting that you have a problem. Sloke's the headliner. He's an intelligent speaker, and we'll go from there. Hey, Doc, uh, let's just go, let's sit somewhere in the back. There's two chairs right there. Yeah, there you go. Here, grab me one. Hello, I want to welcome everyone to the Wednesday night, 10.30 late night, Graphaholics Anonymous meeting. Uh, this is Sloke One. I've 
had a painting problem since March of 1990. And I haven't been able to, to stop painting. That's why I'm here tonight. Do we have any newcomers in the house tonight? People for their very first time. My name's Doc Hollywood. I've been an addict for about 22 years. And I'm a graphaholic. I think we can help you. Hey, I'm Vance, and uh, I'm a graphaholic. Um, I don't know if I'm proud of it. Uh, it's been running my life for a long time now, and I'm getting tired of running. Admitting it's the first step. Hi there. Uh, I'm Lies, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a graphaholic. I just, I don't think I can shake this thing. Well... Thank you, lies. The biggest lie is lying to yourself. So thank you for admitting it. Anyone else like to introduce themselves? Don't be shy. Hi, I'm V7. I really don't think I have a problem, but I was told I need to come here tonight. Um, I don't necessarily paint, but I like to be painted on. And I love my body as a canvas. And I, I have a problem and I, I can't stop taking my clothes off. D7, I'm glad you're here. You know, anybody's welcome. And if you're not sure that you're in the right room, just keep coming back and we can help you decide. So tonight, tonight is the speaker meeting. And I'll be telling my story, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. But before I begin, does anybody have any questions? Yes, you in the back. Why don't you give me a little history on Austin, Texas? Well, I grew up in Austin, and my first exposure to graffiti was the uh, the second wave of hip-hop. You know, Beat Street, Wild Style, Style Wars. You know, I was just drawn to graffiti right off the bat, especially the pieces on the subway cars. I mean, I dug the tags and the throwies, but it was really the pieces that stood out to me. Back then in Austin, in the mid-80s, uh, graffiti was really underground. Um, it was like a secret society, you know. You had to know the, the secret handshake to get down. And a lot of it was really based on where you lived. And I would say most of the action in the beginning happened on the south side and the east side of town. I went to school with a lot of those guys, and that was my first exposure. So I grew up on the west side of town, so that caused some problems. You know, shortly after that, I got into skateboarding. And through skateboarding, I started tagging because back then it was popular to have teams, you know, like you, Team Scum or Team Love or whatever. Whatever the name of your team was, your skate team. And that was your little posse. And, of course, you know, Powell Peralta, uh, Vato Rat, you know, we looked at issues of Thrasher Magazine and, you know, Steve Caballero doing the Vato Rat and all that. So, you know... I would say, you know, we tried to mimic that, and that was definitely uh, L.A. Placa style, you know, uh, hybrid style tags. It wasn't until 1990 I met, I met a graffiti writer by the name of Scam, S-K-A-M, which stood for Supreme King Al Martinez. And, uh, you know, it took a liking, and um, I already knew about him because I had seen his stuff around town, skating in ditches and tunnels and stuff like that. And so 
when I met him, I expressed to him that I had an interest in learning how to paint. He did an outline for me. He gave me the basics on how to create a graffiti piece, sketch. You know, back the way he taught me was everything was uh, background to foreground. So you sketch, background, uh, your, your 3D, your fill, your outline, your shines, etc. I've been doing it ever since. So, but by the time I met Scam, graffiti in Austin was pretty dead. By then, you know, I, I consider myself like the second generation. It was dead because a lot of those original cats that were doing graph in the mid 80s were gangbanging by the time I started. And, and I didn't care for gangbanging. I just wanted to do graffiti. So in a lot of ways, I had the city to myself. And I also didn't really have many people to paint with. So it was kind of like starting from scratch. And uh, I would help scam out. By that time, he was doing commissions and stuff like that. And I'd help him out. I'd carry his crates. And, you know, I was his little caddy and buff his walls and shit. That's, that's where it all started. I just started hitting the streets. After high school, I moved to uh, San Francisco for two years. And that was an exciting time, 92, 94, San Francisco. Psycho City, you know, Dream, Crash, Spy, Twist, uh, all the big heads. You know, I was a toy. I had never seen graffiti like that because, you know, I, I was schooled on subway art, spray can art. So going out to the West Coast, man, that really opened my eyes. I'd never seen Wild Style like that. TWS, you know, TMF, all the, all the TDF, all those guys. Um, a lot of good crews, but, uh, you know, the Oakland Yards, the – Psycho City. Um, that was an exciting time. And I just studied, man. I just, I drew, I drew a lot. I did paint a couple of pieces in uh, San Francisco. They're pretty toyish, but you know, you got to start somewhere. And uh, I just took a lot of photos, took a lot of photos and I drew a lot. So when I came back to Austin in 94, my goal was to start a crew. Like I said, graffiti was pretty dead. I mean, there was tags everywhere, but they were all gang tags. In the summer of 94, I met a writer by the name of Saint, who had moved from Albuquerque to Austin. I linked up with him, said, hey, man, let's start a crew. And so we went on the process of going around town trying to recruit people that were interested in starting a graffiti crew. And in December of 1994, we started a MBK, No Boundaries Crew. We just went to town after that. MBK spawned a lot of good writers, you know. Worm, you know, one of the freight kings of Texas, um, broke one of our first street artists in, in Austin. Of course, Saint, Jib, Rex, Short, uh, Summit, Omen, later on, Bruise. So, yeah, it was a good crew, you know, and that was a really uh, exciting time. It was my early 20s. So, you know, we were just about bombing and tearing shit up. How about uh, that guy in the corner that keeps looking down at the ground? You got anything to say? So, Sloke, what's the allure to this wild style? How'd you become such a surgeon with a spray can? When I was first exposed to graffiti, the ones that really stood out the most to me were the wild style pieces. And to me, wild style was like the apex of style. You know, you had to go through all the other styles to get to wild style. My goal was to learn wild style. You know, you got to learn a hand style and you got to learn a bubble letter and you got to learn a straight letter and you got to learn semi wild style and you got to, you know, wild style. And to me, the wilder, the better. And the pieces that really stood out the most to me were 
you know, well-executed wild style burners. It took a long time in the beginning to develop a style and can control. Those were the early nineties, you know, I mean, where I lived, man, we didn't have, we had Krylon and Rusto and, you know, I mean, I, heck, I remember going to SF in 91 and I saw issue of can control, man. I lost my mind. I love that stuff. They said, order tips, you know, I was like, what? Because, uh, you know, we were stealing tips from the hobby stores and stuff. But uh, nevertheless, um, Wild Style has always been my favorite style. I mean, I love all styles, but I think Wild Style is really, it shows whether you got it or not. Um, I don't think you can really fake wild style and so you know what i like man i like it when i have to read the tag to read the piece that's how wild it is you know because wild style to me i can look at wild style and i'll see stuff in there that maybe the artist didn't even mean to put in there you know it takes on its own meaning you know um i think the reason i i've stuck with wild style and yeah i've gone through you know I, I flip flop a lot. Sometimes when I'm trying to come up with a new style, I'll go back to the basics and rebuild. Uh, going to Europe, you know, five years ago changed everything for me. You know, my style really got funky after that. I started experimenting more. That's that's where my heart's at. It's wild style. How about that kid with the funny hair in the back? You got anything to say? Does your mom like graffiti? <laughs> talk about my mama <laughs> no uh in the beginning my mom she wasn't too crazy about it i mean you know especially when i was running around on the streets for all those years she didn't like it when i called her collect from county i got bagged a couple times but later on as time went on i think she started to see that i was serious about it and it was something that was helping me it wasn't a threat. My, my mom comes from the arts anyway. She's an actress. Now she's like, she's proud that sometimes, I mean, Austin's a small city, but people would be like, hey, you're Slokes' mom. She's like, that's right. That's my son. So she's proud now, you know. We, I just had an art opening a couple weeks ago, and, you know, she was there, and, oh, she was loving it. So, yeah, to answer your question, you know, my mom, she's a fan now, you know, especially when I've done mom pieces for her. Hey, man, what's happening? I was just wondering what you were thinking about chicks in the graph game. Uh, you know, the ladies have been down from day one. Mad respect to Lady Pink. My good friend Musa from Barcelona, she kills it. She burns it. She's a banshee, man. She can smoke pieces left and right. Yes, I do. I think now, you know, I, I will say this. You know, you either get sexed in or you get beat in. There's a lot of ladies painting now because, you know, graffiti's popular again and all, and that's great. You know, hey, the more the merrier, but style, style, and you either got it or you don't. And if you don't have it, you got to work to get it. You know, poking your butt out wearing short shorts, that's nice and all, painting the wall, but if your piece is whack, it's whack. Groupies, hell, when I started painting back then, man, I wish it was like how it was now, man. Now there's like ladies everywhere, but at the same time, uh, you know, I guess it's like anything else, you know, when things get popular, people flock to it. Um, you know, there's a lot of good female writers out there, you know, Mad C, Musa, Lady Pink. I mean, there's a there's it's a force to be reckoned with. But at the same time, like I said, uh, as much as I like to look at butts and boobs, can you still paint? That's the real question. 
How about that old man there? It looks like he's drooling over himself. You seem like you've been to Europe a lot. Just wondering if you have any advice for my upcoming European travels. You know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? Um, I'd always, I'm kind of a late bloomer to Europe, you know. Um, Europe was always a place I wanted to visit. Uh, I love to travel. I travel a lot. And uh, I travel as much as I can. And uh, I was always a fan of their their painting techniques and some and a lot of their styles. Some of the most amazing art I've seen, you know, has been in Europe. You know, that's, that's not to discount other parts of the world. There's good artists everywhere. I finally got to Europe, I think it was 2012. I went out there with some some writers and uh, we did an art show in San Sebastian, northern Spain. But my real goal was to get an art show. I started doing art shows back in 98 and then I took a break from them. And I really started getting back into art shows about 04, 05. One of my goals was to do a show in Europe. And so the first time we went to Europe, you know, got in touch with uh, MTN, Spanish Montana, worked out uh, a show for the following year, 2013. And I spent that the next year preparing for the second trip out to Europe. I think that was the first time the MTN Gallery in Barcelona had a group show of just American writers. It was me, Ray, Haste, and Jabber. We had a really good show. Uh, we had a good turnout. We sold some art. Man, I just like the vibe out there. I, I, you know, people still paint clean trains. It's just a different, different vibe. Uh, you know, you know, cops can be jerks sometimes, just like anywhere. But uh, you know, I didn't really have any problems out there. I mean, I've been out there about four or five times now, traveling all around Europe. I just like the atmosphere, man. I like going to the graffiti festivals. You know, they got a lot of graffiti festivals out there, and and it just seems a little more appreciated out there. You know, I know it's getting more popular in the states. It seems like street art's a little more popular than graffiti in the states for in terms of public perception. In Europe, I you know I met a lot of really talented artists and just really cool people. You know, I'd say the biggest thing I can say that I think I would assume most people know is if you go over there, just act respectful. Don't be an ugly American. Show some respect. Maybe try to learn a couple words of the local language. You know, if you're going to paint clean trains, be careful. I've heard a lot of stories of them arresting people and holding on to their passports you know i know one guy in berlin man he got caught painting trains he's still over there <laughs> he's been over there for like five six years but he's like hell make the make the best of it you know he's doing some other type of art out there now but uh nevertheless uh i definitely recommend traveling um i think it's a great way to network i think it's a great way to become influenced inspired graffiti strong over there it's very strong you know, it's a big world. You got to get out there and explore it. How about, uh, how about a newcomer? Hey, what's your uh, favorite Christmas story? I think I was about 13, 13 or 14, and I indulged in a lot of uh, illegal substances and alcohol. And I remember looking up, it was a full moon, and I swear I saw something in a sleigh with reindeers fly by. That's why I'm here. How about someone that normally doesn't speak up? You might be shy. Hell, you might be high. Feel free to share. Yo, Sloke, what's good, man? What's good? What's with CBS and the rest of those crews, man? MBK is my mother crew. 
it's a crew Saint and I started. That's the the Austin crew, the homegrown crew. We're still active. You know, we get together every year for a reunion. A bunch of old guys now. But uh I'm also I also rep other crews. Uh I'm in Creatures, Lords, Laws, RWS, GTO, and CBS crew. I got down with CBS about two thousand and nine. I'd always known of CBS, worldwide famous crew. I was asked to be a part of it. It was a big honor. These guys are like brothers to me. Amazing, talented group of artists. A lot of young bloods coming in now, so it'll be interesting to see where the next chapter leads. But uh, CBS, yes, they are my West Coast family, and you know they're worldwide. I've learned a lot painting with CBS. Stable of really good talent. Really good talent and really cool cats. How about that? Excuse me, sir. Can you please quit drooling in your coffee? Would you like to share? Hey, man, what's your favorite cereal? Man, I've been on this shredded wheat kick for the past couple of years. Frosted shredded wheat. And uh, But you know what? I'm pretty budget when I go grocery shopping, so I'll buy like a couple of the generic cereals, and I tend to mix them all up. I'll get some shredded wheat, some honey oats, maybe some rice checks, and mix it all up, put it in a big old bowl, and get down. How about that lady over there? What do you got to say? Lady in the back, can you speak? <clears throat> so, look, I, I have a question. It seems you do a lot of legal walls. Do you catch any heat from those who don't paint legal walls? You know, I look at it like this. In, in my city... The cops know me. I've had cops email me a- acting like other writers, detectives, wanting information. You know, I'm not a snitch. Never will. I've had them threaten me. You know, we know where you live. The reason I went legal in my city is because I went to jail three times for graffiti. And I did the streets for 12 years. Rooftops, freights, highways. I really love the rooftops. You know, and I miss bombing. I do. You know, to me, the essence of graffiti art is bombing. Granted, it's different things now. To me, painting's painting. And I'm a lot older now. I feel like I I did my time on the streets. I have the T-shirt. It doesn't really fit anymore. Boxes of flicks of my bombing days. And, um, And that was a good time in my life. And sometimes when I travel, I'm known to, you know paint here and there with or without permission but to answer your question uh you know usually if i get any flack for that it's usually from the kids that are bombing been painting longer than these kids have been alive a lot of them but you know i don't really get into all this politics you know i mean you know there's always going to be smack talkers here and there but you know i paint a lot and i've been painting consistently for years i don't plan on stopping i don't think i'll ever stop so I don't really care because to me, painting's painting. Whether I'm, I'm doing it legally or illegally, I'm painting. And another thing that's interesting is that in my city, I've been able to do the things legally that I used to do illegally. So it's kind of like I got too much to lose these days. I mean, if I go to jail again for graffiti, who's going to pay my mortgage? You know, who's going to who? You know, I, I got responsibilities. I'm a grown man. You know, I, I do know people that are, are older and they play both sides of the fence, and that's great. 
You know, there is a thrill to bombing, but I get a thrill painting and, and I just keep painting, man. That's that's really what it is. Like I said, I don't it's it almost seems like these days a lot of cats are coming straight out of art school and painting without ever doing the streets. And I did my time on the streets. That's really where the foundation is. But at the same time, I don't really listen to what other people say. You know, I just do what I do and I just keep trying to improve my style, continue promoting this art form. Hey, Sloke, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you have a name for your style? I think if I had to name my style, it would be evolving because, like, I'll go through phases where I'll get into a certain style. And maybe to the average person, they all look the same, but there's subtle differences in a lot of my pieces. And not just colors, but just, you know, the letter style. I don't really have a name for my style, you know. Um, I've been told that I paint really clean. I mean, that's the way I was brought up in the graph world, you know. They told me, be original, don't bite, and be clean. And I think... When I was younger, you know, and doing the streets, bombing and battling is how I got better, you know, and and I, I keep learning. I mean, there's no plateaus for me, you know. I'm just uh, uh, a painter in a long lineage of painters. But I do have my style that I've worked hard to develop and continue to work hard at to improve upon. But uh when I started piecing that, you should be able to take each letter out on its own and it should be able to hold its own. And so I try to approach a piece like that. You know, usually my first letter will set the tone for the rest of the piece. I'm not happy with the first letter, man. I start all over. I mean, I'm more of a traditional graffiti artist. That's the way I look at my style. You know, a lot of the new stuff that's out, I, I think it's cool. But I think if you don't have a strong letter foundation, you're going to crumble. Yeah, it's almost like if your letters are weak and no matter how many effects and flares and Photoshop techniques you're adding to it, which are all dope, it's really just, it's kind of like a kid dressing up as an adult. You know what I mean? There's no foundation. There's got to be a letter foundation. And so it seems that graffiti right now, and I know graffiti's always gone through trends and what's the latest, you know, you know, what, five, six years ago, it was diamonds and pyramids and now it seems to be more, I mean, we have such a arsenal of supplies at our hands now, you know, different tips, different pressures, uh, the color palettes. You know, it's really interesting what people are doing with it to see where it's evolving. But a lot of times I, I see like uh, it almost seems like wild style is a lost art. You know, there's not many people that still practice it. Um, I'm sure there is. I see some of it online. But for the most part, it kind of seems like. Graffiti's kind of dumbed down, and it's more about effects now. And that's just that's just my two cents, my observation. I think you still got to have a strong letter foundation. Um, I still believe graffiti's about the letters, at least for me. And uh, I'd say one of my strengths would definitely be uh, my S's and my E's. You know, a lot of times I'll I balance out my pieces when it comes to letters. Um, I've worked really hard to try to develop each letter. I'd say one of my strengths is probably perseverance, man. I'm still out there and I'm still doing it. I never quit. There were times in life when I had to slow down due to circumstances, but at the same time, you know, I think these days I still just look forward to getting out and rocking a burner. Sloke, 
What was your favorite gift you ever gave? I'd, I'd say my favorite gift is, you know, I, I, I mentor a lot of youth. And uh, I think that's the biggest gift is just passing on the, the traditions and customs of this culture. Because to me, I mean, that's how I was raised in graffiti. You know, it's art form. It was a culture. It's a subculture. Uh, it wasn't for the public. You know, it's interesting. I've been getting a lot of press lately with this art show I did, my first solo show. And, uh, and as much as I appreciate the recognition, it's still kind of weird because for 22 of the years that I was painting, the public would call the cops on you. You know what I mean? And now the next four years, the public's like, oh, graffiti's cool. Street art's cool. It's kind of weird because I never did it for the public. I did it for my peers and for myself. And uh, now I just try to impress myself. You know, I have a lot to learn. I have to keep learning. I have to keep evolving, creating, building. But now the public's involved with the art form. But, uh, you know, that's what happens in life. A lot of times things that are underground become mainstream. And I think it gets watered down a lot. The biggest gift I think I can give and have given is basically schooling a, a youngster that's hungry and willing to learn the art form. You know, pass it on. Are you sponsored? Can I get free paint? <laughs> no, I'm not sponsored. Um, I've worked with, with companies before, but uh, no, I'm not sponsored. I, I try to stay out of all the uh, graffiti politics, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love me some free paint, but I don't have any free paint to give away. Hey, Slok, have you ever lost anyone you cared about, and did it affect your art in any way? just kind of curious about that oh most definitely i lost a lot of friends and family along the way um that's, that's life you know i feel like i grew up very fast very young and uh a lot of my brothers and sisters are gone you know um you know scam the person who introduced me to graffiti he passed away in 94 four years after i met him and um that was a big blow because you know he was the godfather of austin graffiti art and to lose him, you know, was it was a big loss. It's interesting because I'm friends with his sisters and been talking to one of his sisters about doing a uh, memorial art show for him of his art because they held on to a lot of his art. That's my way of honoring him because I, I, I would like to think that he's he's looking down on us and seeing what we've been doing because in a lot of ways we are carrying on his legacy. That's why I always make a point to bring up his name because he's the godfather. You know, life's one of those things, you know, that old saying, you get busy living or you get busy dying. You know, I'd say probably one of the biggest blows in my life was losing my father back in uh, 2005 when I was with him when he passed and, uh, you know, he died of cancer and, um, you know, he was my rock, man. I really think that at the time I was 33, it made me grow up, you know, it made me it, it, I learned a lot from his passing. And one of the biggest things I learned that he taught me was do what you love because life's short. And that's when I made the decision to be a full-time artist. And I've been doing that ever since. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, the art hustle, the commissions. And I started a mural company in 2010. And I got tired of holding myself back, you know, because fear, fear is what holds people back, especially artists, I believe. It's what held me back. Uh, and, and the irony of that is I was on the streets being active and painting my tail off. But when it came to the public, I was like, you know, I had I had some misgivings, you know. I, well, today I don't 
really care what they think. You know, I'm, I'm going to impress myself with with my latest piece. And I think that's the fire that keeps me going these days is uh, what can I do next? You know, how can I outdo myself? You know, like any any writer will tell you they paint a piece and they're ready to paint the next one and paint it better than the next one. When my pops passed, I said, man, you, you got to do your art. You know, there's no more whole there's no more treating it like a hobby. You know, you're either going to do it or you're not. And that's what I've been doing professionally for the last 11 years, just grinding. And uh, I work hard. You got to. You know, any artist that's making a living off art knows it ain't easy. It's a hustle, just like anything else. Rest in peace, Pops. How about that girl over there? You're looking a little distressed. Something you need to get off your chest? Slow, why won't you quit? Because I'm an addict and I'm addicted to painting. How about that kid with the funny hair in the back? You got anything to say? Hey, Sloke, you got a great freight story? So one night, some guys from my crew and I were out painting some freights, and it was late at night. And this is back when they used to lay up freights in downtown Austin. It's all gone now. It's all condos. We were out painting freights, and I was working on a really good piece. We see the train workers coming. There's two guys with a flashlight. And like, so we, you know, we dip out. We hide, we wait, <clears throat> and they're just sitting there, man, sitting there. And then they, they, there was like three lines, it was just a small layup. And uh, they start to pull out a couple of the cars. And then they pulled out the line with our cars on it. And then they stop right over the bridge because there's a train bridge right next to it. And they just stop. And, you know, we weren't done. So we we're like, shit, man, you know, they're going to they're gonna roll unfinished. And, um, so they're just sitting there, and by this time, you know, we were talking 30, 40 minutes waiting for them. So finally, we're like, you know what, let's just go talk to these guys. You know, by this time, you know, it was probably like 1, one thirty in the morning, like a Tuesday night. It was pretty dead. And uh, so we start wrapping it up with these two train workers, and uh, guys were cool. And they were telling us all these crazy train stories of what they've seen on the rails because they were making a lot of runs from Mexico you know, up back and forth from Mexico. So, you know, they were also making some money on the side, if you know what I'm saying. We felt comfortable enough. And, you know, we're like, hey, you know, you know, you guys want to burn one and breaking the ice and everything's going good. And then finally, you know, it's just like it's getting late. And it's like, you know what? Can I ask you all guys a question? They're like, sure. And I said, we got some pieces on this train car that we haven't finished. Would you be cool with us letting us finish these pieces? I said, yeah, go ahead. So we are there we were, you know, downtown Austin on a, well, Wednesday morning. With the train cars parked over the bridge with traffic going underneath every once in a while. And they let us finish our pieces. It was a really cool feeling because, you know, we didn't have to stress out. And these guys loved it. They were just like, hey, that's cool. And it was really cool to have the train workers looking out for us. <laughs> and, you know, we got to finish our pieces and even took a couple flicks. And, you know, it's funny because not too long ago, all these years later, you know, somebody sent me a flick of those same train cars. So, you know, it was a good experience, you know. Never really had that happen before because I've been chased by the bulls before. You know, where I live, especially with freights, there's, there's just layups. You know, the yards, the biggest yards are the nearest cities, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, et cetera, Fort Worth. That was a cool experience, you know? 
never really had anyone look out for me while I was doing a freight. So good times, good times. Well, listen, I think that's about it. There's a meeting after the meeting. So if you ladies and gentlemen want to step out afterwards, you know, grab you some snacks. We got some cookies. We got some really strong Folgers coffee. Uh, if you want to smoke, you smoke out in the back, but be sure to pick up your cigarette butts. Your mama doesn't live here. And uh, I want to thank y'all for letting me tell my story. Have a good night. Hey, Sloke, man, that was a great meeting. Epic meeting, Sloke. You've, you've really changed my life, man. You like it? Did you learn something? Yeah, I think my myself and Doc here, I think we kind of figured out that maybe Graph isn't really worth it. Yeah, it's a tough decision to make sometimes. Hey, uh, you guys need a hand with those chairs? No, we got it. That's a weird-looking kid. Anyway, um, hey, I saw you talking to V7. Yeah, has she come here before? Or? Nah, that was the first time I seen her though. But she gave me a number. She talked about maybe getting some coffee. What are you guys doing after the meeting? Well, we just got a hotel a couple miles away, man. We got to fly out in the morning, so it's uh, about it. Probably go back to the hotel get some sleep. I'll tell you what. I got word on a wall right around the corner. It's primed and ready. You guys wanna? You guys want to join me? Damn, Sloke, but the meeting. Why the different path? I mean, I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. I got a car, and I got a trunk full of paint. Why don't y'all hop in the ride? I'll get y'all back before your flight leaves. Oh, man. I'm not sure. You know, this meeting, I thought, you know, I was done. With this. I thought I was ready to move on. Yeah, well, I, I, I said I stopped. I didn't say I stay stopped. Man, we're low on cash. You don't have to do that. It's it's okay, man. Well, I got plenty of paint, you know. First spray's free. Shit. All right, man, let's... let's I gonna I twist your index finger, but... Can we grab a few muffins, you know, before we go, or...? Man, you can have all the muffins you want, man. I think these muffins are stale. <laughs> Vince, we're doing this. Oh shit! Fuck it. Bad decisions really do make great stories. All right, let's do this. <laughs>